Welcome to AJHP Voices, now comprising interviews on contemporary pharmacy issues and discussions with AJHP authors. The service was formerly known as AJHP Podcasts. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. This is William Zelmer, a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, speaking with Dr. Paul Abramowitz, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. We're having this conversation on December 20, 2013. Dr. Abramowitz has now been CEO of ASHP for nearly two years. Previously, he was Associate Hospital Director for Professional Services and Chief Pharmacy Officer at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. Paul, thank you very much for taking some time out of your schedule to have this conversation with me. I'd like to start by asking, you know, as you complete your second year as ASHP Chief Executive Officer, what have been the most satisfying facets of your work in this position so far? Well, Bill, first, you know, thank you for this opportunity to speak with you and members. Um, That's a little bit of a difficult question to answer because so many aspects of this job are extremely satisfying and, and rewarding to me. But I guess if I had to maybe pick one or two items, I would say it's an ability to get out and speak and meet with the membership. And as you probably know, I try to attend five or six or so state affiliate meetings per year, their annual meetings. When I do that, I also try to allow time to visit a hospital or two of of a varying size. And if there's a college of pharmacy in that city where the annual meeting is being held, I try to visit that college too. And I really enjoy speaking with many of our members on these trips, whether it's during the annual meetings, in between sessions, or in visits to their, their hospitals. And hearing their enthusiasm for our profession and about what they've accomplished in in their own practice sites, that's probably the most rewarding part of my position and has been over the course of this last year. Secondly, I would say that an, an equally rewarding facet has been the ability to be able to play a role in, in moving the profession ahead at a more national and more global level to help improve healthcare in this country. Well, you know, going back to your first point of meeting with members, I know that at the recent mid-year clinical meeting in Orlando, you organized dialogue sessions with ASHP members. Curious, what seemed to be the main topics in the minds of the members with whom you spoke? Well, first, I would say that these were also very, very rewarding. And, and I actually started doing that the year prior in, in Las Vegas, where I did one session in case you're not aware, we randomly invite members of all different types from different practice areas and and different lengths and types of experience. And this year, we decided to actually have two of these meetings that we call Coffees with Paul, one just especially for students, residents, and young practitioners, and about generally try to get about 50 people there, and another for all the other practitioners. And I don't go in with any specific topics to talk about. I just ask the group, what would you like to know? What questions do you have? What thoughts and ideas do you have for ASHP? 
And this year, there were a lot of questions about where we are with provider status. There were also a lot of questions from the students and new practitioners about where we at ASHP think the future of practice is going, how they can participate further in uh, creating that future or enabling, enabling new things. And then we usually have an assortment of questions related to various new activities ASHP might be involved in. There were some questions about accreditation of pharmacies. There were questions about how to better prepare people for some of these new roles in practice. So the questions span the the waterfront, basically, at these meetings. Well, Paul, ASHB has many initiatives and priorities as reflected well in its strategic plan. In your view, what were the two or three most important ASHB achievements in this past year, 2013? It's a very good question. Again, it's one of these questions that's difficult to single out one or two or three achievements without appearing to diminish the impact of the others. But after having said that, I would say one of the very significant achievements that we started in 2013 was significant advancement in achieving consensus in our profession on provider status. By that, I mean consensus with our colleagues and other pharmacy organizations. And I think this really has set the stage for what I hope will be a very strong coalition to obtain provider status for pharmacists to really push this ahead with a, with a bill before Congress. And, and hopefully we'll be successful, but you know, we'll, I can't guarantee that, of course. A second very important achievement, and it's a little more specific, but it's in the area of patient safety, was that ASHP, with the help of many, many of our members and other colleagues, we were able to contribute very significantly to the passage of the Drug Quality and Security Act, which, of course, is the bill regarding compounding pharmacies, which we really believe will clearly improve the safety and quality of sterile compounded products. I might add that, you know, we don't think this bill is the end-all, be-all. It's not perfect, but we think it's a very good start, and we'll be continuing to work on it. If I might mention a third achievement was that ASHP became a full partner in the Council for Pharmacy Practice Accreditation. Our other partners are NABP and APHA. And we really strongly believe that establishing this organization, which will begin to serve as an accrediting body for all sites of pharmacy care, is extremely important. And of course, we'll start and have started with community and ambulatory pharmacies, including those that are existing ambulatory pharmacies and hospitals and health systems. And we expect to move on to other sites of practice. We've recently announced that we will also accredit specialty pharmacies, for example. A very important part of this is not just accrediting the pharmacy but having the accreditation standards take into account the full spectrum of medication use. So, for example, community standards will need to incorporate how transitions of care are accomplished. So we begin as a profession to put together all the pieces of drug therapy between different sites of care. And I think what we call the CPPA for short, 
the uh, Council for Pharmacy Practice Accreditation will go a long way in doing that and, and helping us elevate the standard of care progressively in, in all of our sites of care. Mm-hmm. If I could add maybe just quickly one more thing that I think was very significant in 2013, and that was the creation of the Commission for Pharmacy Technician Accreditation. A new commission set up a very similar to the way our Commission for Credentialing is set up that did handle and will continue to handle residency accreditation. The Commission for Pharmacy Technician Accreditation is being done in full collaboration with the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education, ACPE. And I think that's going to really help us ensure that we're set up to offer accreditation much more broadly for our pharmacy technicians so that to ensure that they have the proper education and training to support our pharmacists so that we can expand our scope of care. Right. Well, those are some very exciting things that the Society achieved and initiated this past year. Let's look ahead to 2014. What would you say are two or three of the most important goals that the Society has for the coming year? One of our goals, which is right at the top, is obtaining provider status for pharmacists. I think we've had some very significant movement in terms of achieving consensus in 2013. I think we're well poised to form and establish a very formal coalition of pharmacy organizations and begin drawing in other healthcare associations to support us, uh, also consumer groups, beginning a major grassroots effort at local, state levels, build upon what California has done, already achieving provider status, but work at the federal level. And we strongly believe that provider status for pharmacists is a necessary tool. It's not an end-all, be-all, but we believe it's necessary to be uh, valued equally as other members of the healthcare team and help us to ensure that the healthcare system supports the number of pharmacists necessary to provide the comprehensive pharmacy care that our patients need and deserve. Again, it's not an end-all, be-all, but our message is that provider status for pharmacists will help us greatly improve patient outcomes, reduce the costs of healthcare in this country, and expand access to care and will help us ensure that a pharmacist is an essential member of every healthcare team. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we consider a very high priority. A second major goal we have is a continued expansion of the number of residency programs that are available to our new graduates. And also, as as I mentioned before, the, the number of accredited technician training programs. We know that we have many more individuals interested in residency programs and slots available, and we know that we have to be aggressive in increasing the number to meet that demand and and to achieve our 2020 goal of having all new graduates be able to complete a residency Mm -hmm. program. I'd say a third goal is to do everything we can in terms of providing assistance to our members so that we can ensure that pharmacists are responsible for the full continuum of medication therapy. Part of that is working to better connect pharmacists in all sites of care, eliminating the so-called silos in medication therapy that we have now, and also to help our members 
and the profession at large further expand pharmacist services to our clinics and other ambulatory care settings, um, which we think will be a major growth area so that we can take even more prominent role in the provision of primary care and also to better manage health and wellness. Just very quickly, I'd just sort of say that related to all of the goals I've just mentioned, certainly an important goal for us is to continue to expand our total portfolio of educational products and services and advocacy activities to be able to to achieve these goals. Well, some very uh, ambitious goals. You know, let's just pick up on one of the points you've mentioned a couple of times dealing with opportunities in ambulatory care. That certainly seems to be a prominent topic at ASHB these days, as evidenced by the Ambulatory Care Summit and Educational Conference that's planned for March 2014. Paul, what are the key issues that are going to be addressed at that consensus-seeking summit, and why are those important to health system pharmacists? Well, you know, in terms of the importance, and then I'll hit upon some of the key issues are what we, we hope to achieve at the conference, but you know, I touched on the fact and we as pharmacists need to take responsibility for the full spectrum of medication use by our patients. And, and what I mean by that is if we're going to achieve optimal outcomes for medication use, you know, we have to consider what medications patients receive and, and how they use those medications and how they're monitored for appropriate outcomes and medication change in every setting of care. And that, of course, means that pharmacists have to be involved very heavily in primary care. Well, to do these things, we believe that we need many, many more pharmacists working on interprofessional teams in our clinics and other related ambulatory care settings. And I think the formation of ACOs clearly demands this. We're hoping that this ambulatory care conference is kickstarting this effort to help us better define the services that pharmacists should be providing to all patients at different levels of care in the ambulatory setting, in the clinic setting, and also to help us better define how these interprofessional models in the clinics with pharmacists as an integral part may need to be set up so that we can effectively provide the level of care we want to and so the healthcare system can afford that level of care. So we're hoping through this consensus conference to better define what we need here in the ambulatory setting from pharmacists as part of teams and the beginnings of how we might begin to provide this. So we're using a process that's going to be somewhat similar to our PPMI summit. Of course, the PPMI focused on inpatient care, right. not exclusively, but predominantly because we needed to address that and uh, felt we couldn't address everything all at once. But now we think it's the time to address that ambulatory component of care and tie it in also with what our PPMI is doing to move practice ahead in the inpatient setting. Mm -hmm. Paul, as we draw our conversation to a close here, I wonder if you have any comments you'd like to share with students, new practitioners, residents, about the opportunities in pharmacy practice today and maybe how to best prepare for them. Any comments for that segment of the ASHP membership? You know, I'd like to say that these are extremely exciting times in pharmacy. We have a lot of things going on that uh, mean that our practitioners are going to have a very, very bright future. 
Yes, we're in difficult economic times. Yes, there are many pressures to reduce the cost of health care, but we're positioned extremely well in that much of what we do not only improves patient outcomes, but it also reduces health care costs by reducing unnecessary admissions, by reducing unnecessary readmissions, by better controlling a patient's chronic disease state, improving wellness and the like. And, and the cost effectiveness of the services that pharmacies provide to patients has been proven over and over again over the years. And the formation of ACOs gives us more incentive to become involved in every aspect of medication therapy. So as that is a backdrop, I think this is an extremely exciting time to be either about to enter our profession as a student resident um, or as a young practitioner with many years ahead of them, because I think we're going to see a lot of exciting changes. I think we're going to evolve to a point in time where pharmacists are not only going to be responsible for, for all aspects of medication use, but are going to be much more actively involved in aspects such as prescribing and collaborative practice, I believe, is going to evolve more to a much more dependence on pharmacists to, to take over a larger responsibility for prescribing in the context of an interprofessional team. So I'd have to say that sometimes I wish I was a student or resident again <laughs> so I could be around long enough to keep experiencing uh, this and, and many of these changes. I mean, I hope I'm around long enough, but uh, uh, clearly if I was a student or resident, I would be. But, you know, right. I don't want to have to take classes again either. So uh, <laughs> I'm happy where I am. But I, I think students and residents and new practitioners have a lot to look forward to and, and a lot to experience in, in relationship to new roles and responsibilities that pharmacists will be taking on. Yes, indeed. Well, Paul, uh, thank you very much for taking this time with me to have this conversation for the new series of AJHB Voices. Maybe we can make an appointment some months ahead to get an update on these and other issues. I'd be happy to, Bill, and it was my pleasure. Thank you very, very much for asking me to do this. You're welcome. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org.